proud of our uh, partnership with Central National Bank. They just re-upped with us. That partnership continues, and uh, we appreciate them so much. Brian Fonville, Executive Vice President there, and uh, proud to be joined right now uh, by Gary Myers, my longtime friend, longtime uh, NFL columnist, New York Daily News, uh, longtime author, and... uh, Gary, I uh, boy, I immediately wanted to book you today when uh, I saw our guy uh, RG three from uh, uh, you know has a book coming out, and I and I was immediately I was like, well, I, I wonder who RG three uh, wrote this with, and of course there it is, Gary Myers. You're everywhere, sir. Uh, congratulations on this, and I guess uh, uh, we can start pre-ordering. Is that correct? That would be a great idea. <laughs> That's the whole idea of, uh, of making the announcement today with, with the book coming out next August. Is, you know, to give people time to uh, think about it, hopefully not too long, and place a pre-order so when it comes out on August 9th, you can get it right away. And um, I'm really excited about it. I think Robert was very, you know, forthcoming in uh, in everything he said in the book and um, I think everybody's going to be really interested to hear what he has to say, both about his Baylor years and uh, his years in the NFL, specifically in Washington. Yeah, and, and we've we've enjoyed you've written so much stuff about coaches, quarterbacks over the years, but boy, that that was and and I had kind of a front row view of some of that uh, covering the the Cowboys and covering the NFC East that uh, you did too, but. You know, Gary, what I remember is uh, that I, I remember seeing that look on Jerry Jones's face after one of those games. Uh, I guess it was Thanksgiving in mm-hmm. uh, 2000. Oh gosh, 11 12. or 12, and and you know they 12, yeah, and they just lit up the Cowboys. And Jerry looked like he'd seen a ghost. I mean, he saw the next 10 years. Like we, we this this guy is going to light us up. Um, did that come up when y'all were talking? Because I mean, there, that I, I would imagine that did, and it you know people almost forget that uh, Gary that first that rookie season, it the trajectory looked like he was he was going into to orbit with with where he was headed. Absolutely right. I mean, he was you know the most dynamic player that had come into the league. You know, probably since Michael Vick, just in terms of creating excitement um, and had immediate success winning the NFC East and won the last seven games his rookie year. Um, right in the middle of that was the Thanksgiving game victory against the Cowboys, and they beat him again in the final game of the season to clinch the division. And if, there was, if the arrow was pointing up on any player in the league coming down the stretch of that season in terms of like you said, this is a guy that's going to light it up for 10 years. It was RG3, and um, he goes into great detail about uh, what happened with his knee, first in the Baltimore game and then in the Seattle playoff game, uh, his rookie year, um, that you, you kind of cringe, you know, reading it because um, you really have to wonder – as he mentioned in his tweets today about the powerful coach and, you know, the rich owner and stuff like that, you know, whose interest was being served um, on game day, 
against Seattle in the playoffs when he got hurt, re-injured his knee at the end of the first quarter. And I was at that game, Matt. I don't know if you were there, but I covered that game. And, you know, from that crappy seat they gave us in the press box at FedEx Field behind the end zone, um, and he got hurt initially at the other end of the field, my immediate thought was he's done for the day because he can barely walk. And uh, for some reason, they kept putting him out there until he tore his ACL in the fourth quarter going after a low shotgun snap and was never the same again. And um, you wonder why he was kept in that game with Shanahan trying to prove a point to Snyder because Snyder forced a trade that Shanahan did not want to make to move up in the draft to get him. Um, Robert was almost the innocent bystander in an incredible uh, power struggle between the owner and the coach. And, and he might, he might've been the only lasting victim of it because his career was never the same. Yeah, I'm very interested in this. And I think you will sell quite a few of these uh, books in central Texas, our listening audience, you know, huge RG three fans. And, uh, and Gary, those, uh, Redskins, uh, back then they were the Redskins, those Washington Mm -hmm. football team jerseys, RG3 jerseys, number 10, started showing up in Waco in surrounding areas like crazy back then. And so this chance, this thing had a chance to take off. But you're totally right. That was a mess between the owner and that who also loved to get close to players, much like Mm -hmm. another owner we know. Um, And in a in an imperious sort of uh, uh, you know this Shanahan was such a strong obviously with his background and what he'd done with the Broncos you know he was a guy that was uh, you know there was destined to be a battle and it's I'm, I'll be fascinated to see kind of what Roberts now I'm curious did Robert I, I know you can't share everything but like even the medical stuff moving forward from there. Did there become a, a, a pretty large, as I recall, Gary, a pretty big tug of war between, you know, Robert, maybe even his dad getting involved, and then what the what the what the Washington football team wanted to do? That was I would imagine that's a pretty big part of this book. Yeah, I mean, he really resented the Shanahan. He feels pulling his father into this, uh, not so much on the medical stuff, but um, his dad apparently was interviewed. Um, when he was coming back from his knee surgery and said in an interview kind of matter of factly that he'd like to see his son run less and throw more because, you know, that's kind of what quarterbacks do and that's how they last in the league, how they, you know, survive in the league. And again, without giving too much away, uh, there's just a really compelling passage in the book where with Robert sitting there, Shanahan, insisted that Robert call his father and put him on the speakerphone. And Shanahan said, we'd really like you to come to the office ASAP so you can give us your input on how we should use your son. And Robert knew that Shanahan was just grandstanding there. And, you know, his dad refused. He said, you know, I'd love to come and watch practice and whatnot, but I'm not coming close to your coach's meeting room. That's none of my business. That's your business. And um, Robert really had hard feelings for Shanahan about 
trying to turn his father into the bad guy. And from my best of my understanding, you know, his father commented, his father was not um, Lamar Ball by any stretch. And his father is a, a military guy who understood yeah. protocol and, and, and the chain of command. And he wasn't going to start telling a football coach how to use his son. I mean, parents do that in middle school and high school. Uh, maybe sometimes they get involved in college, but rarely. It never happens in the NFL where a parent gets involved. I mean, we saw Odell Beckham's, Odell Beckham's father uh, tweet instances, you know, showing plays or tape or whatever where OBJ was open and Baker Mayfield wasn't throwing him the ball. You don't see that. I think parents, you know, generally stay out of it um, when it comes to the NFL. And, you know, from all my research, in addition to what Robert was telling me, I just don't see that his father became, you know, a helicopter parent uh, when it came to Robert's career in, in Washington. A lot of mistakes were made. Uh, I think when people read the book, they'll understand why Robert is so bitter about how both Shanahan handled him. And, um, you know, to a lesser degree, um, he doesn't hold the same animosity, although I would towards Dr. James Andrews, who was the game day sideline doctor for the Redskins. I don't know if he still is, but back then he was. And, you know, he examined Robert in that Seattle game after he, he re-injured his knee in the first quarter and approved that, you know, he let him go back on the field. And as long as the doctor said it was okay and Robert didn't want to come out of the game, Shanahan was going to play him. And it was clearly the wrong decision. And blame can be passed all around on that. All you had to do was watch the game to see that he couldn't walk, no less try to evade, avoid, you know, pretty, a pretty dynamic defensive pass rush team in Seattle. So um, I, I think he's got a lot of reason to look back and feel that um, he was mismanaged both by the coaching staff and the medical staff. And you can't help but wonder, you know, what, what could have been. I mean, that was the second ACL surgery he had on that knee, as people in Waco know that he had the similar surgery when he played at Baylor, and he bounced back to the point that he won the Heisman Trophy two years later and then mm -hmm. was, you know, the best offensive rookie in the NFL the year after that. But there's only so much abuse, you know, a knee could take. And I, I think what happened uh, when he – did tear his ACL late in that game. I think that was about the limit on what he can handle. Talking to Gary Myers, uh, New York Daily News, longtime uh, columnist, NFL columnist there. Let me just in there. Uh, former New York Daily News. I know. I, I, was, okay. I know you're not. I, that's, that's, I was just giving <laughs> your credentials. Don't cut me off right. when I'm trying to brag on you. No, I'd rather uh, get to Dallas Morning News. People in Texas might remember me. <laughs> former that's right former dallas morning news beat writer as well and uh i i'm fascinated also with that book because uh, robert seemed to, to indicate that y'all might talk some about the uh sexual harassment you know some of the stuff that mm -hmm. uh he may have uh picked up on there but we may want to leave that as a uh, tease did you mm -hmm. uh how much uh, i how, how, the players that would be that would be really surprising to me for players to be sort of picking up on that kind of thing, but did Robert seem to have some, some interesting insight into maybe what was going on in that respect? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna have to kind of leave you hanging on this one a little bit, <laughs> um, and say that you know obviously he, he said everybody in the organization you know kind of knew what was going on, although he himself, as far as the women in the organization being sexually harassed, really only witnessed a scout kind of you know making wide eyes and and inappropriate comments at a woman uh-huh. in the organization during training camp one summer um, in Richmond. But he didn't re- witness anything else um, firsthand. But I- I'll just, I'm just going to leave it like this. And this is going to be like the ultimate tease. Um, <laughs> when he told me about the stuff that he wanted in the sexual harassment chapter, I nearly fell off my chair. So I'm going to leave it at that. Because um, um, it's it's the right thing to do at this point, and I don't want to tell the story for him. I want people to read it, and then if he wants to talk about it after, um, that's up to him. But um, it's it's pretty. Well, I'll just leave it like I fell off my chair when he told me. All right. Well, that is a pretty good tease. I feel like you might have done a little radio in your career, which I know you did. Uh. <laughs> I, I do want to say, Matt, um, you know, we're kind of laughing about the way I'm, I'm not telling you, but there was nothing to laugh about when it comes to what happened in that office and what the culture was like there. And, um, and, it's reprehensible and despicable some of the things that were going on. And most, I'll be honest with you, most of what I know about what was going on there is just what I read in those Washington Post stories. And of course, Robert, you know, commented on that because he didn't witness any of that stuff. But, yeah. You know, it, you know I, I, players talk, but, you know, there's not a lot of interaction between the players and the front office. I don't know if you've ever been to where the Redskins have their, I keep saying the Redskins, but wherever where their headquarters are in Ashburn. I have. You, you 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 have or have not? I have. Oh, you have. Okay, so it's just for your listeners. You know, you walk in the building and there's a staircase, you know, 20 feet from the front door that goes downstairs to the locker room, and then. But if you continue straight on the first floor, in fact, where the coaches' offices are and the GM and scouts and whatnot, so there's not a lot of interaction based on the. Um, um, you know, the logistics there between the, where the locker room is and where, you know, the rest of the football staff is. So the players really were not in position to witness a lot of this stuff on their own. You know, a lot of it was going on with text messages and in in private meetings that not a lot of people were privy to other than those that were actually in the meetings. But um, like I said, you'll, you'll be – You'll, uh, next August, when you read this, Matt, and I'll make sure you get a copy in advance. Um, you'll you'll remember. Oh yeah, I remember when I had Myers on last November that he kind of was hinting about this. Now I know what he's talking about. Well, listen, I uh, I appreciate it. Always, uh, any book you have out, I always read, whether you uh, send it to me or not. And I uh, <laughs> I appreciate. It. Always great catching up, Gary. 
thanks for uh, thanks for being on with us and watch this juggernaut of a Cowboys team, uh, thir- you know, Thursday night as they continue their march toward the Super Bowl. <laughs> I love the way you put that. But uh, I'll tell you what, with, gamb- with gambling available in the neighboring states of New York, I- I'm not going to put any money on what you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that at all. There he goes, <laughs> Gary Myers, former New York Daily News, former Cowboys uh, beat writer and uh, a, a, a legendary author to boot, uh, Gary Myers, joining the Matt Mosley Show. It is Campus Confidential, and it is next. The Baylor Coaches Show. Now 